hurricanes, hailstorms, tornadoes, and wildfires. These are just some of the weather hazards that displace families and disrupt lives. Many of us are familiar with the scenes of devastation these hazards cause, and the recovery process for affected communities can take months, even years. In the most extreme circumstances, some may never be whole again. This may prompt many of you to ask, what's being done to reduce the risks associated with these hazards? To answer this question, the Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety presents the Disaster Discussions Podcast. Join me, your host, Armand Brody, as I sit down with professionals in the insurance, science, construction, and resiliency industries who will help us explore the intersection of these hazards with the built environment. We'll bring you in-depth conversations with experts from across the country and highlight how science is engineering real-world solutions for home and business owners to create safer, more resilient communities. Join us for these discussions every month. And to make sure you don't miss an episode, go subscribe to the Disaster Discussions podcast on your favorite podcast app. We also invite you to engage with us on social media to ask your questions, share your thoughts, and to learn more about the IBHS mission. From the Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety, we welcome you to the Disaster Discussions podcast, where we explore the intersection of severe weather and the built environment. I'm your host, Armand Brody. I want to thank you so much for being with us again, folks. We're so happy that you folks have been tuning us in and checking us out on Amazon and Apple and Google and Spotify. You've also been checking us out on IBHS.org slash Disaster Discussions podcast. And as a reminder, if you could leave us some nice positive reviews and five-star ratings, all of those things really help us out quite a bit. So if you would do that, we would certainly appreciate it. It's been a joy over the past, uh, golly, about uh, six or seven months now uh, to keep bringing you this podcast. We've spoken with some of the best and the brightest minds across the construction and uh, engineering weather and insurance industries uh, and we've got the same in store for you on this episode so really really thank you for joining us really appreciate uh, your interest in this podcast we believe we're doing something unique there are tons of podcasts in the world but uh, not one quite like this that explores that intersection that we talk about so much between uh, what happens out in the environment and what happens uh, with uh, the building industry and with the uh, homes and businesses. So thank you for being with us. We certainly do appreciate it. Well, on the day that we are releasing this, uh, Wednesday, May the 3rd, we've just recently here at IBHS celebrated 50,000 fortified designations. And the majority of those designations for the fortified program are in the state of Alabama. And we are privileged today to speak with a man who knows quite a bit about Alabama fortified IBHS and how all of that comes together for the good of citizens across the state. That man is Commissioner Mark Fowler. He's the Alabama Insurance Commissioner. Commissioner, we want to thank you for joining us on this edition of the Disaster Discussions podcast. Well, thank you, Armand. It's my pleasure to be here. We have a ton of topics to get to, and of course, we're going to touch on the significance of those 50,000 designations in just a moment. But Commissioner, I want to go back a couple of decades uh, or two, and I want to talk about Mark Fowler, the Auburn University Tiger. 
And I want to go back, War Eagle. And I want to go back. <laughs> and I want to I want to go back to uh, to uh, Mark Fowler, the student. Uh, what can the commissioner tell us about uh, about those days? Well, they're a little bit of a blur, Armand. Um, no, I'm kidding. And it's interesting you've asked that question. I actually didn't expect that at all. You can probably see over my shoulder over here is the legend of War Eagle. And so if you could, I know you can't zoom in with this, but if you wanted to zoom in or take a picture of that one day, I'll be glad to send it to you. Are you an Auburn grad yourself? You said War Eagle to me. I, or, I am not, but I know you, enough. You, you, knew, you knew that's like say, saying, have a nice day to an Auburn grad. <laughs> I know uh, enough, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I love to be in at Auburn. I was in Auburn back in the middle 80s, um, the, uh, the actually the early 80s. Uh, more than anything, it was a great time to be at Auburn. Bo Jackson was on the football team. Uh, Charles Barkley was on the basketball team part of that time, too. And I remember the first game watching Bo thinking his freshman year's first game going, who in the world is that out there? He's outrunning everybody. And um, so it was a good time to be there. It was a good time to be an Auburn Tiger. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. My, my degree had nothing at all to do with what I'm doing today. Not a shocker. Uh, so often that happens with a lot of folks that come out of college and they find themselves doing something they didn't expect. Um, I actually was in broadcast communications at, at Auburn. I was, a, you know, I thought I was going to be a radio DJ and maybe a television newsman. And I really enjoyed the DJ part of it, working. Uh, and it was not talk shows uh, or podcasts. We didn't know what podcasts were back then. We never heard of the Internet. And um, uh, long before any of that uh, uh, was even a dream for anyone, uh, personal computers or anything, or cell phones, the things we can't live without today. We had none of those things uh, back in those days. But we did have great radio, and I loved radio. And uh, I worked at the college radio station actually before I was a student there, which was not really supposed to happen. And so we just didn't tell anybody, and the administration didn't tell anybody. And um, and I had a weekly radio show and a daily newscast and, and uh, came out of college thinking that was what I was going to do. And I took a took a, um, a spin into governmental affairs because I did have an interest in in, um, in in state and federal policy and in politics and and uh, did what a lot of people do. As soon as I graduated from college, I packed the car and moved to Washington D.C., where I spent some time on a United States senator's staff and uh, actually working issues near and dear to our state. I know folks around the country may be watching this and. Most folks know about Huntsville and uh, the space program and Verna von Braun and the and the rockets and the rocket scientists there uh, and the, the history we have in this state of uh, space and, and really support for defense. At the time, we had the nation's largest National Guard and military bases all over the state of Alabama. And those were the issues I worked with um, with the senator. And uh, it gave me a great um, a great introduction to governmental affairs and how um, government affects lives and what government can do to make lives better. Uh, government doesn't typically make lives better, but there are places where we can, and that's one of the things we're gonna talk about today, one of the places where government can make lives better and can help, because uh, we talk about the Fortified program. But, uh, but so that was kind of an introduction to how all this came about. I eventually came back to Alabama and uh, married, started a family and, and uh, got into state government and then into association management, and then I found my way to the Department of Insurance working for uh, an icon of, of insurance commissioners and, and regulators, um, Commissioner Jim Riddling, who was the uh, 
commissioner in the state of Alabama for almost 14 years. And when he retired, he was the, um, uh, he, he was the longest serving appointed commissioner in the country. And I had the great privilege of standing beside him for nine and a half years and uh, working side by side with him as, as his deputy commissioner and chief of staff. And I never envisioned, not one time, actually sitting in the role of commissioner. Uh, I had hoped he was going to be here as long as I was going to be here. And I intended to be here for quite a while. And uh, but but Commissioner Riddling had served his time and served the state uh, magnificently for many years, and uh, it was he was ready to retire. And so when that time came, I actually still didn't see myself in this position, but um, but I was honored that uh, Governor Ivey called me and uh, asked me to uh, to step into this role as uh, as acting commissioner first, and I stayed in that role. Uh, for about seven months, and then the governor called me and uh, asked me to come in to see her, and when I came in to see her, I didn't know what to expect, actually, and she handed me, she said, I want you to be my insurance commissioner, and handed me, uh, the, the personally handed me the letter of appointment, uh, and it was a great honor, and it's been a great honor every day. We have a great staff here at the Department of Insurance, and uh, doing all the things we do as an insurance regulator. A lot of folks don't know what insurance departments do. Interestingly, I had no clue what the insurance department did when I came here uh, other than regulate insurance. So it's been a great education for me while I've been here. Uh, I know we're going to talk about the Fortified program, but I was introduced to the Fortified program when I got here. So, you know, I'm honored to be here in this role and, uh, and carrying on uh, Commissioner Redling's legacy and, um, and, and all that we do uh, to work with IBHS in the Fortified program. So thank you, Armand, for asking that question. I did not expect to, to go into that today. Certainly not uh, uh, a reference to my beloved Auburn Tigers, uh, and thank you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to talk a little <laughs> I wish you could see that. I wish you could see on the wall behind me. That's the first thing I moved in here uh, when I moved into this office, and I, I found a place to put the, uh, the legend of War Eagle. So. And understandably so. Now, we're going to talk about Commissioner Riddling a bit more uh, in just a little while. But I know I want to sort of give you a quote here, and I want to take you back to November 30th, 2013. I can't do this with everyone, but I know I can do it with you. If I, if I start these words, you'll know where I'm going. Okay. So here it is. On the way, no. Returned by Chris Davis. Davis goes left. Davis gets a block. Davis gets another block. Chris Davis, no flags, touchdown, Auburn, and answered prayer. Where were you on the night of November 30th, 2013, when that happened? That is hilarious that you would ask that. Every Auburn fan on the planet knows where they were and what they were doing when, uh, when on the kick six when Chris Davis ran that kick back against uh, against Alabama. Uh, I was in a restaurant in Montgomery with my my family, uh, my wife and my son, and we were we were the game was on and uh, we were watching it and it had come down to that that uh, final second. You know, actually we thought the time had run out. And uh, Coach Saban uh, uh, petitioned the referees uh, to put one second back on the clock. And he was right, actually. There was one second left he, that um, the Alabama player had run out of bounds with a second left to go. So he had a chance to kick a, a field goal. And so a lot of people thought it was over, but he was a long way. And, uh, and as he went down the field and they kept missing him and he kept outrunning everybody because as, 
as they said on television, I said uh, Alabama had nothing, nothing but fat guys. On the field, <laughs> That's what he know? said. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't outrun Chris Davis, and you know it really was it really was an odd situation because they didn't have I, I, I forget what actually happened before that. Everything's a blur before that actually, uh, whether they called timeout and um, uh, to ice the kicker or or what happened. But there was a chance to put somebody back there. It was almost an afterthought of the Auburn coaches to put Chris Davis back there just, just in case it came up short and he could run it back, and he did. And so I recognized exactly what you said. That was Vern Lundquist, actually, I believe, uh, his call. The, the really great one, if you want to go listen, is um, uh, the, the late Rob Bramlett. Yes, indeed. And his indeed. call uh, on Auburn radio. Uh, that was a classic call. And, and actually, it didn't look like Rod – thought he was actually going to run all the way until he got past the 50-yard line. And the line that goes through my head is, is Rod Bramlett saying, there goes Davis. And uh, after that, uh, Stan White, the color guy, former Auburn quarterback, saying, oh, my God. you know, they really, and, and it became a reality in the booth that he was going to run all the way and Auburn was going to win that game. And uh, anybody from our state knows what that means when you win the Iron Bowl. Oh, yeah. And uh, we haven't won many of them lately, uh, and we, uh, we, we enjoyed that. Uh, we've won a great deal of them over the years, um, and we've beaten the current Alabama coach a number of times, uh, but um, probably more than most. Uh, so we've had our share of wins, but not near enough to anybody's standards. Uh, but it's a big deal in our state to win the Iron Bowl in that particular year uh, we were both very highly ranked. I think we were both in the top five, yep. if I remember correctly. And they might have been one or two, and we were two or three or four. And um, everything was on the line. And it, and it came down to basically a tied game with a second to go uh, in the Iron Bowl with both teams ranked they where they were. And the drama and the intensity was beyond belief. And for it to end the way it did is something you won't ever forget. And I thought about this. Um, I hope we can talk about this the rest of the show, actually. This was too much fun. I'm glad you asked this. Uh, I thought about this, is that when I was young, we went to every Auburn home game, and we went to every Iron Bowl. And back when I was a kid, the Iron Bowls were played in Legion Field in Birmingham. And anybody that wears orange and blue knows that's not a home game for Auburn. I don't care what they do and what they call it. Even they, they called it an Auburn home game when it was our turn, but it wasn't at all. It was majority fans. Pat Dye was the coach at Auburn, became the coach at Auburn, you know, when I, when I was there. That's about the time I came to Auburn when he took over the team. And he had been an Alabama um, assistant at one time in his history. But he became the Auburn coach and realized, you know, uh, there are people coming into the game and the guys taking up tickets at the turnstiles all had on Alabama hats and Alabama sweatshirts and the people selling the Cokes had Alabama stuff on. That wasn't an Auburn home game at all. And um, so he worked to get it home and home. But for years and years and years, it was in Birmingham. And when I was a kid, I was at the, at the um, um, 1972 uh, Iron Bowl, which was won by, uh, we call that the, the, uh, the punt, Bama punt game. Um, and I saw it live. Auburn kicked, uh, blocked two punts and ran them back for touchdowns in the final minutes of the game and beat Alabama 17 to 16. And it was a team that it was after Pat Sullivan, who won the Heisman Trophy, was gone. And it was just a team that they call the Amazons because they just did crazy things. And that was the craziest ending to any game you can imagine. 
uh, even more than the cow uh, running through the band game. You block two punts at the end. Same guy blocked both punts. Same guy ran both both uh, block punts in for a touchdown uh, and beat Alabama 17-16. We thought that was the greatest ending to an, to an Iron Bowl in the history of, of Iron Bowls and the history of, of the world. And I remember I was about – I was probably um, – uh, 10 or 11 maybe in the stands watching that game and imagine how crazy that was and it's a it's a moment I'll never forget even if I was an Alabama fan sitting there I wouldn't forget that because it was an amazing ending and I thought about after the after the kick six watching that I was watching it from a restaurant in Montgomery but there were a lot of young people just like I was back then in 1972 that were there watching that and thinking about And I thought about them and I thought about how I felt when I saw, I saw it happen, the two block punts, the punt, bama punt, and those kids saw the kick six. No matter what colors you were wearing, you know, that's, that's an unforgettable experience. And I thought it was a great experience as a, as a child and a sports fan to see that live. And the people, the, you know, the kids in the stands that night We'll have those same kind of memories, probably. And we'll be talking about this when they're 62 years old, doing a podcast or whatever that is in those days uh, in the future that we do uh, do these kind of things. And somebody asks them about it um, uh, unexpectedly. They might reminisce back to those days. Those were great days, and I enjoyed growing up in that way. And I enjoyed growing up down here in this crazy football wacko state where we have these two iconic programs that battle each other. Uh, actually, it's state law that they have to play uh, in Alabama, if you can imagine that, and they battle each other each year. So it's an, it's an unbelievable atmosphere. You know, they've got the advantage right now, but the pendulum always swings, and uh, one day we'll have it. And uh, I hope we'll remember that the pendulum will swing and be good sports about it uh, at, during those days. There you go. Anytime, Thanks for asking about that. That was fun. Absolutely. Anytime I get a chance to talk a little football, I got to slide it in there when I can. I'm a huge, I'm a huge sports fan. We always have hope. We always have. We have a new coach at Auburn this year, Hugh Freeze, and so we have we have high hopes for great things. And uh, so, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And uh, maybe this will be the year Nick Saban retires. I, <laughs> I think everybody in college football is waiting on that to happen. But if he doesn't, we'll still fight him just as hard and hope to win uh, just as much. But we'll always know it's a fight to the end. But you know, the Iron Bowl is a fight to the end no matter who's on the sidelines coaching, no matter who's on the, who's in the field playing. Uh, it, it is that kind of thing, get that kind of game. Indeed it is. Commissioner, I want to transition here, and, and I, I want you, if you could, to, uh, to give our audience a sense of what the Alabama insurance market was prior to Fortified. Obviously, Alabama is yeah. prone to hurricanes. Uh, give our audience sure. a sense of what was happening prior to Fortified becoming such a stronghold in the state. Sure. You well imagine imagine this. Um, we had uh, we had Katrina and Ivan in that world. Uh, Ivan actually was more devastating to the state of Alabama than Katrina was, and it was that. And they were devastating. Katrina was devastating enough. Um, and so insurance markets were going crazy, especially on the coast. We had legislators wanting to regulate rates and, and, and enforce regulation in certain ways, enforce companies to do this, that, or the other, other thing, and force the department to, to regulate rates in a certain way that would really take the, take, take the market out of controlling the market, which is most important. Uh, we have a job to do as regulators, and that's to regulate the insurance market and protect uh, insurance consumers in our state. 
And we try to do that in a way that doesn't really get in the way of the market any more than we have to and let the market make decisions where the market needs to make decisions. Uh, but at the same time, sort of leveling the playing field for consumers and making sure that consumers are protected uh, by doing the same thing every other insurance department do, make sure that rates are adequate, that they're not excessive and not um, unfairly discriminatory. And uh, we do we keep we keep that in mind. So everything we do here at the department, we look through that lens of consumer protection, making sure that the consumers are protected in Alabama in terms of, of how they buy insurance. We want to make sure that when they buy insurance, the companies are solvent and can pay their claims. And so when you have a market that's going crazy after hurricanes like we had in Alabama, uh, and all along the coast, Mississippi was experiencing terrible devastation, and so was Louisiana, Florida. Uh, th these kind of things tend to happen after, after devastating hurricanes. And so you just have to kind of step back and take a breath and, and say, what's really good and how do we really take care of this? Commissioner Riddling at that time was, had, was not yet commissioner. Uh, and, and, and Governor uh, Riley asked him to... Um, sort of be, you know, he, he knew, he, they were friends, and he knew Commissioner Redling's uh, history as an insurance executive. He, he ran Fireman's Fund for the United States, and so he was one of the top insurance executives uh, in the nation at one time, and he, he came to Alabama to, to take over Southern Guarantee and uh, to, to, to run that, and then he retired, sold the company and retired and stayed in Alabama, and, and he and Governor Riley were friends, and so Governor Riley reached out to, to uh, then uh, Jim Riddling, not yet Commissioner Riddling, and asked him to help sort of be uh, be a, a, a mitigator and, a, and an arbitrator and a, and, a, um, uh, and a negotiator and try to see if he can't provide some 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 calmness to the situation and and uh, work with that. That was a really 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 tough job uh, because people were hurting bad and 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 politicians were trying to respond to that. Some in good faith and some not, and and you know, it, it, and most of them trying to do the right thing, but you really just can't do that. And Commissioner Riddling then at that time said something that 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 started this whole thing for us here in Alabama, and 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 and, and something we say to each other all the time, and we remember. And this is the phrase that started it all for the state of Alabama going down this path of fortification mitigation. Commissioner Riddling said, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to change insurance rates and insurance in Alabama until you change the economics of what happens when the storm hits. In other words, have less damage, less claims. How do you do that? And it was something kind of new and, and really great foresight. And um, you basically, you, you fortify. You, you make things stronger. You have less claims. And when you do that, you have less damage. So when you have less damage, you have you have residents who who don't have to be displaced. They can go to work. Uh, they're they're a present employee because they were a prepared employee. Um, and you you can um, uh, cities municipalities have less damage to clean up, so less cost, less insurance claims. Um, uh, and and the the market the the companies will react. The market will react, and so. And we talked to the reinsurers, and we talked to the insurance companies, um, and, and, and we said, what, what can we do? So we started embarking on this path of fortification and, and home mitigation here in Alabama. We knew it was pretty innovative. And uh, we, we matched up with IBHS um, somehow. Now, that was, that was prior to my time here, so I don't really know the details of how we connected up with, with IBHS, but we knew that was a partnership that was going to last, and we needed to make that 
uh, sound, lasting, strong partnership because we needed that. We not, we not only needed that, we needed academic research as well. So uh, part of Commissioner Redling's legacy was to create uh, an insurance research center, which we placed at the University of Alabama, uh, which here's an Auburn guy saying that's the right place <laughs> for it at the, at the state university there. You know, I, I hear people tell you, joke. I heard somebody here in the department the other day call it the university, the university. And I've looked at him and said, which university are we talking about? And he knew what I was doing to him. He knew I was messing with him going, you know, the university to me is in East Alabama. That's Auburn. You know? <laughs> and so, so I made him say oh, the university of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Uh, you know, so it's just, you know, this is the way we are to each other all the time here. So, um, but that's the right place for it at the university of Alabama. I mean, we, we place that in Tuscaloosa and Commissioner Ridley was, was um, instrumental in hiring the director of that. We, we, we found a, 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 a first-class, top-rate um, uh, PhD to run that program that is, uh, is absolutely the perfect person and, um, and, and is with the, the highest credentials you can imagine. So we, we've got the right guy running it with the, at the academic research. That's Dr. Lars Powell. And the, the benefit we've had from, from Dr. Powell and that research center has been just phenomenal uh, over the years. And we've had a partnership with them. The benefit we've had through our partnership with IBHS has been unbelievable for our state. So we embarked down this road. So we had to figure out how to do this and what to do and how was the department going to handle that. Commissioner Riddling, uh, with his deputy at the time, uh, Charles Angel, uh, who was who had run insurance companies in, himself and was a was a was actually an actuary by trade, and a PNC actuary, and uh, but one who also had been involved in in the management of insurance companies as well was at the Department of Insurance as as, uh, as deputy commissioner and chief actuary, and the two of them together kind of figured out how this worked. Uh, Charles Angel hired Brian Powell, who was at the department in a different division. To, to, to take on this new effort here at the Department of Insurance. And we called it Strengthen Alabama Homes. We passed a legislative act to create the program and we created it and, and, and they created it basically uh, as, a, um, uh, as a state granting program where we would grant Alabama residents uh, uh, the money to fortify their homes. And we would simply do that. And we sought buy-in from industry and we, we pulled together a broad-based coalition of industry and academia uh, IBHS, you know, so it was a it was a public-private partnership that we put together. Now, now the now the Strength and Abundance Homes program is a state program run by the Department of Insurance, but we have all kind of partners involved in that. We partnered with Habitat for Humanity a, a great deal through this. IBHS, the partnership with IBHS is one we hope will last for decades and more, you know, infinitely. Um, uh, we partner with other groups. We partner with industry. We partner with with, with local governments, and uh, put together a program that has just worked phenomenally for us. It took some time to get it all together. I think we um, I think the act passed in 2012, I believe. Maybe it was right before I came to the department. I came to the department in 2013, uh, so I walked into the act already being passed. And, but we had a real, a real job to put the program together after that and get a lot of buy-in. The industry supported it because they obviously saw the, the benefits uh, that come from fortification to, to their industry. Uh, and there's more to come with that as, as well. Uh, we created also something to provide some incentives to residents to get involved in the program through the wind mitigation discounts that were, were also put in the state statute. As well, basically, when you fortify your home, 
uh, you can get a uh, get tremendous discounts depending on what all you do to it and what level of IBHS fortification you go to. Get tremendous discounts to the win portion of your uh, your homeowner's insurance premium. Now down on the coast, that's a big amount. I mean, they can literally they can take an, a, a grant and pay for the grant. Um, uh, whatever they, if they had to put their own money into it, and some of them do because it out, it exceeds what we're able to do, uh, they can pay for that through that wind mitigation discount grant in short order uh, down on the coast. Now, the farther north you go in the state, they get smaller and smaller and smaller. Even though we have tornado issues uh, in central and north Alabama, probably more than south Alabama, but we have a huge tornado issue. Anybody who watches the films of the 2011 tornadoes in Alabama knows and speaking of Tuscaloosa that was in, that was one of the ground zero areas for their tornadoes um, there um, and so we, we ha- we've had our share of natural disasters but we had to realize that the storms are going to come there's nothing we can do to stop the storms the hurricanes are going to come the tornadoes are going to come the straight line winds are going to come and wind wind's going to be a problem uh, we're, we're home we're in home construction for a long time. We partnered with IBHS because that that were the experts that were figuring out how to actually do this and setting the standards that we were going to adopt because we also had to come up, we also had to identify the standards that we were going to use for the program as well, and there was IBHS, uh, and that was a perfect partner uh, for the department uh, in the state of Alabama for this program. So we put all that together, and uh, I think the program launched in 2000, I may have some of these dates wrong, 2016. I think we made our first grant in 2018, and we worked with local, speaking of uh, partners, the uh, the coastal uh, legislative delegation bought into this as well, and they were huge helps to us as we went through this. And we've made some modifications to the act from time to time uh, on this, uh, and our coastal delegation has stepped up and really helped us in a great way. And they've been partners with us from the beginning on all of this because even though they were trying, they were grasping for straws and trying to figure out how to deal with the aftermath of, of the hurricanes, um, uh, they, they saw the benefits of this as well and what it could do and helped us put this program together in the way it was. So basically the program is, is really rather simple in a lot of ways. It's a $10,000 grant to an Alabama resident to a, with a single family home, an insurable facility on a foundation because we had to put some guardrails around it because it can get out of control. We um, uh, we started making grants. I think the initial amount, and it's and it and it comes from insurance fees from the Department of Insurance. The industry fee paid fees to the department. We carve out some of that money for that program. And when we started, we were carving out about two and a half million dollars, and then it grew to five million. Uh, now it's twenty million dollars that we can put into it in a year. In fact, the legislature passed an act last year, uh, at our request, giving the Commissioner of Insurance the authority to move up to 50% of our appropriated budget into the Strength in Alabama Homes program. So we are, we're going to put about $15 million in it this year. Next year, we believe we'll put about $20 million into the program. Since we made our first grant, we have uh, put a little over $40 million in this program. We've made a little over $40 million in grants. So we're celebrating the 50,000th um, uh, fortified home in the nation uh, in Mobile, uh, uh the greater bulk of those, I think almost 40,000 or so, are in the state of Alabama. And over 5,000 of those are, are from Strength in Alabama Homes grants. And so uh, we're really proud of that. We've, we're going to cross the 50,000th level nationally, and Strength in Alabama Homes is celebrating over 5,000 uh, down here in the state of Alabama. And it's made tremendous impacts. We've, we've already seen 
uh, great benefits to it. You mentioned Hurricane Sally. We can talk about that whenever you're ready. Sure. We're going to get to Sally in just a moment. But I want to read you this quote uh, from Governor Kay Ivey, and it kind of goes to what you were just talking about. You mentioned uh, at least seven or eight times, I think, in your last uh, handful of comments, you were talking about partnerships. Now, this is a great thing because I want to read this quote here from Governor Ivey to sort of uh, underscore your point. Alabama understood that we can make our homes and businesses stronger so more of us can come through the next storm with just minor damage, allowing our towns and our state to recover much faster. Led by the Department of Insurance, Alabama was a first mover in recognizing the fortified construction standard. In recognizing the fortified construction standard provides a roadmap to more resilient communities. And so I sort of see all of what we're talking about here from the governor's comments to all of the great contributions of Commissioner Riddling to the folks here at IBHS to Strength in Alabama Homes to Smart Home America, which we'll get to in, in, in a little while as well. Yeah. Uh, just talk right. to me about how the partnerships, how all of these different elements coming together have worked together for the good of Alabama and for resilient homes and communities. Sure. Well, thank you, Arlen, for that question. That's a great question. And let me tell you something. The partnerships are, are critical. There's no way any of us could do this alone or in a vacuum. It has to be done through outstanding, strong, uh, well, well-configured partnerships of everyone pulling the wagon in the same direction. If that had not been the case, this program would never be successful. You mentioned Smart Home America. Well, Smart Home America is, is, has been critical to our success. The National Association of Insurance Commissioners as well, uh, uh, NAIC, heavily involved in all this and heavily supportive of all we're doing here and encouraging other states and other states are getting involved in this now. Habitat for Humanity, local municipalities. We've been involved with IBHS, Habitat for Humanity, the City of Birmingham and Protective Life and uh, Smart Home America and so many others working together uh, on a program to fortify well over 100 homes in five historic neighborhoods around the, the brand new Protective Stadium uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. Protective Life uh, has, has been at the forefront of that with the Department of Insurance and with IBHS and with Habitat and City of Birmingham and, and Smart Home America. We've all been pulling the wagon the same together. And that program has been wildly successful in that area and, and enjoys great support. So it's not just, and that's not in the coastal areas of Montgomery, I mean, excuse me, of Alabama. We started this down in the coastal area with all this happening in Mobile and Baldwin counties. Uh, We now, the legislature some years ago gave us the authority to move that program statewide. And now I think we're in almost 30 counties, 27, 28, maybe close to 30 counties in Alabama. Um, And uh, in Birmingham, that's in north central Alabama. And that program has been extremely well done. The partnerships that we have we have um, forged through this program have been the way it has worked. It would not have worked without the support and the efforts and everybody pulling the wagon together. With with our partnership with IBHS has been been vital and critical. With Smart Home America, with NAIC, with uh, local municipalities and Habitat, and all the folks that I've talked about, and on special projects like the one in, in Birmingham with Protective Life, that project is called Protecting Good. There's no question that's been a huge success. And, and so Governor Ivey uh, has been, a, been a, an outspoken and, and significant supporter 
of this program from her first day in office, and she has been a, uh, a help to us all along the way. She even carved out some money in the general fund one time, <clears throat> one year, to help us uh, with this program. So we appreciate the support of Governor Ivey. And in fact, if Governor Ivey wasn't as strong and supportive as, as she has been on this program, it wouldn't be successful, and we wouldn't be doing the things we are, we are able to do. Governor Riley was, was uh, largely supportive of this as well. He was a huge supporter of the program, as was Governor Bentley, and now Governor Ivey took the mantle and has let us really take this and run with So we couldn't be more thankful of the support we've received from our governor here in Alabama on this program. Well said, Commissioner. Uh, <clears throat> I want to ask about Sally, as you mentioned. Uh, we did a webinar back in uh, 2021, I believe the fall of 2021, talking about Fortified's performance when it comes to Hurricane Sally. And at that time, I was in this studio, as a matter of fact, talking with uh, Ian Jamanko, our lead research meteorologist. And I mentioned something to the effect of there are quizzes, there are tests, and then there are final exams. And, and, and I think Sally represented a final exam for the state of Alabama, but Fortified performed so well. And I want to just sort of set the table for you to really dive in on, on the significance of Fortified, especially with that stiff test uh, presented by Hurricane Sally. Well, that's a great question, Armand. It's a great statement. And you're exactly right uh, uh, of how this came out. You know, you, you, you don't want a, a hurricane. You just, you don't want a tornado. You don't want these storms, but uh, but the storms are going to come, and you have to realize that. And, and this whole program is about being prepared for those storms and how we prepare for them and how we get ready for them. So when Hurricane Sally came through Alabama, it provided a real live field test for the Fortified program that we had not had before uh, in Alabama. We knew through research, we knew through testing, we knew through all the work IBHS does that uh, that this was good technology but it hadn't been through a hurricane. And then Hurricane Sally came, and they got a real-life field test, and we were so excited. We were not excited about a hurricane. We were not excited about the damage Hurricane, Halley, hurricane uh, Sally uh, uh, put on the state of Alabama and the devastation that comes with something like that. But if there's a silver lining to any of that, it's the way the fortified roofs performed after hurricane, in, in, in Hurricane Sally and in the aftermath going back and looking at that. You could look at aerial photographs of neighborhoods and see all these blue tarps all over the place. And then you saw these, these sprinkles of, of the, of the uh, whole roofs, the black roofs out there. And you could look at that. And we've been able to verify with IBHS's help that many of those were IBHS fortified homes. And many of them uh, constructed with Strength in Alabama Homes grants. And so they performed as advertised. And, you know, that's always a good thing to be able to say. They performed as advertised, and that's exactly what we needed. But, the, but some of the important parts of that, not only the, the great benefits that came from knowing we had these residents here who did not have the devastation that they could have had had they not been fortified, residents that could get up and, and, um, and, and, and go to work the next morning and not have to be displaced, uh, not having a bunch of... Uh, debris all over the place that, that local communities had to, uh, had to spend money to, pick, to, to clean up where there are insurance claims that didn't have to be filed uh, on, these, um, on many of these homes. The, one of the great parts about this is Governor Ivey herself, already a supporter of the Fortified Program, went down to the coast 
and in our and, and toured the areas of damage in the in the areas that uh, where Hurricane Sally went over, and she saw in real life and in real time the the, the fortified roofs and the benefits that came in those in those all those blue tarps. Uh, uh, IBHS President Roy Wright uh, uh, tells a story about somebody asking about how do we tell what the fortified roofs are, and he said, "Well, we've color coded them for you. You know, they're." The blue ones are not fortified. The ones not blue are the are the fortified homes. Governor Ivey and um, and our and and our legislative leaders uh, from that area and the and the legislative leadership in Alabama uh, got an opportunity to actually see that in real life. They saw it live, and they came to us and they said, "What can we do to help the strengthen Alabama homes program?" How about that? That was amazing to be able to get that kind of request. What can we do? At that time, there was so much demand for the program, we had a huge backlog. We had, we had thousands of grants we couldn't make. There was just a backlog of people. The demand was so high for the program. Um, and they came to us and said, we're going to do whatever it takes for you to break that backlog. And they helped us get through that. And sure enough, in, in a year or so, uh, that backlog was gone. And uh, we're now making new grants for Strengthen Alabama Homes. And in, in, in the um, in Hurricane Sally, as devastating it was, and as bad as it was to have a hurricane, that was the silver lining uh, in all of that. And the demand for these grants from day one had been a massive. Um, we'll have we can only give out so much because we only have so much money, but we'll put that out. We have a, a great website, strengthenalabamahomes.com, that you can get to by going to the, the Department of Insurance website, which is. Uh, aldoi.gov, that's gov.gov, and you can find the Strength in Alabama home site from that. And uh, people will go to that to, to find out how to get their grants and get in line for that. And we, we sort of open that up uh, quarterly uh, at midnight on a certain day. We'll announce what day that's going to be. And I can tell you that, that Taylor Swift and Ticketmaster have nothing on <laughs> Brian Powell and the Strength in Alabama Homes program because we were run out of grants in eight seconds, they will go on at midnight and at 12, at midnight and eight seconds, I think is the record. One time it was 15 seconds. One time it might have made a minute. They're gone and they're all, they're all spoken for. Whatever, whatever, however number we put out there, uh, they're gone. So it's like sitting overnight and people are waiting up overnight for like they're waiting for stones tickets. It's just unbelievable. And uh, uh, if we had, Ten times the number of grants we would uh, we would give them away immediately. That's that much demand for the program, and it's been that successful. And I wish we had the money for that. If we did, we would do it. Only on this podcast will you hear Bo Jackson, Charles Barkley, The Stones, and Taylor Swift all, right. <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> well, I have a I have a secret musical background too, so it's uh it that. That's that's deep in the past, so we won't go into that at all. But yeah, that's why you hear that. Awesome. <laughs> I, I just want to put a little bit more meat on on this bone here, and, and you can sure. chime in, Commissioner, Absolutely. if you'd like. But um, even when we did our Fortified Award Show back in 2021, at the time, the data was showing us that around 95 percent of Alabama homes with a fortified uh, designation suffered either no damage or minor damage. That in and of itself, I think speaks to just how fortified works. And we're talking about close to 20,000 homes around that time that were dealing with Hurricane Sally uh, fortified homes. But 
the numbers show us fortified works. And, and I just want to set you up if you'd like to jump in even on that stat and what that statistic tells us about the significance of fortified in the state. Well, it's hard to, to give a better stat than that. And, and, and that's, that's just evidence right there that we should probably put on billboards um, uh, down there and, and all across the state of how, how sound this technology is and how successful this program has been. Because um, it's, it's, it's information like that that's important because, and, and, and this shows the great success for this and shows the benefits of the fortification program that and that's real life. You know, when when you talk about that, Armand, you're you're talking about residents who uh, who who have that wind mitigation discount that are saving money on their homeowners insurance. Uh, we're talking about folks that that uh, are not suffering great personal loss that happens when these when these storms come through. So, you know, we can we can talk about the numbers and they're incredibly important and it's really good to know these th- kind of kind of things. But you really have to look at it, too, in personal terms. And you think about the personal benefits that come with this sort of thing that um, when, you know, it's very scary. Uh, we have a, we've had tornado warnings like mad over the last few months here in, in central Alabama, right here. And we've had, we've had tornado deaths in the, in the Montgomery area uh, just, just already this year um, and some terrible tornadoes. Uh, not you know we we know about the, the Mississippi tornadoes in the last uh, uh, last couple of weeks, uh, devastating. And you think about the lives that are affected by that. Now we're not going to be able to fortify a house that's going to take a direct hit from an F three tornado. We can't do that. But IBHS's research is showing uh, great promises when it comes to uh, tornado uh, devastation as well, and 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 how depending on where that goes, fortification can save your life in a number of cases, even in a tornado outbreak. And so it's not just hurricanes, it's, it's straight line winds, it's uh, uh, tornadoes as well. So you take the numbers like you gave and the stats you just gave online, which are unbelievable. And they're the kind of things we need to write headlines around when we talk about this program. But you also think about, you know, convert that into personal terms and you see uh, what that means to somebody's life, to a family who's, who you know, may already be struggling uh, in a local community somewhere in a rural area. And uh, the last thing they need is to deal with, with you know, a, a damaged roof because of a hurricane or damage to their home. And, uh, uh, and so that, that statistic represents families in our state uh, who did not have to go through that. And that's what makes this good. You see one of those. You see a lady that, like in the Protective Good program, we meet uh, someone who had their home, their, their roof fortified, and she looks at you in the eye and she says, it doesn't rain in my house anymore. Mm. You know, that's an old house she'd been in a long time. Imagine what she'd been through all those years. Now she says, it doesn't rain in my house anymore. That's, that's affecting lives and livelihoods and, 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 and personal benefits that, you, you can't put a value on. It's priceless. And those are the kind of things, when we hear things like that, and we, and we hear you know, what, what the, the statistic you just gave about the success of the program, then we know we're doing something right. We know we're doing something that, that benefits. You know, as Commissioner Riddling used to say uh, all the time, he said, you know, we can regulate insurance, we can approve rates and forms and, and, and do all this that we do and the law requires us to do. And we do all those things here at the Department of Insurance. We're insurance regulators. 
and we do all the things that insurance regulators, I know that sounds incredibly exciting to you, the insurance regulators. We do, uh, we're insurance regulators. That's the core part of our work. But what we're talking about here are things that really affects lives in a personal way. And when we hear testimony, like we heard in Birmingham from that lady who had her home fortified when she said, it doesn't rain in my house anymore. And we see the, we know that it was as successful it was after Hurricane Sally and people are, are, have benefited in the way that they would not have had it not been for this. Then we know we've really done something right for the people of our state. Let's talk smart home. Uh, we mentioned smart home just a little bit, but uh, you were talking sure. about Bo Jackson earlier, and obviously Bo Jackson, one of the great backs of, of all time. Right. And the job of a running back is to run the ball into the end zone. Well, Smart Home has done that with Julie Shayu Woodard, who with whom I spoke right. just a few days ago, so zestful and believes in the Fortify program and believes in the work we're doing here at IBHS. But talk to me about Julie and about Smart Home and how they've taken the 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 metaphorical ball, if you will, and, and run into the end zone for the fortified program and for the good of uh, citizens across the state of Alabama. Well, you know, we talked a great deal a little while ago about partnerships that are critical to the success of a program. We'd never be near as successful as we would, as we have been today. If it weren't for Julie Shayu Woodard and the Smart Home America program, it has been critical to our success. We are so thankful that they're involved in this program. Uh, it's not just here in Alabama. She's she works in other states as well. But we know, you know, she's true to her word. She has great resources. She has great knowledge of all this. Great knowledge of how this works. And um, she's she's been one of the go-to people that we've been able to call on that we know we can rely on to help us be successful and to help us in so many other ways. I mean, Julie has been working with us even not just in the Fortified program, but in things you might not think about that are are sort of. Uh, uh, related to this. I, think, I know Julie works with, with home builder, builder associations, with home builder groups, helping to get statewide building codes passed in states and working with them. And she's been helpful to us here in Alabama as we have endeavored to, to uh, pass statewide home building legislation, uh, or home, home builder codes uh, in the state of Alabama. We've not got that totally across the finish line, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't be near as far as we have been if it hadn't been for Julie and the work that she's done. In fact, we had actually given up on that for a while in Alabama, thinking we'd never get it, and it was Julie's work that revived it for us, and we may actually get it done. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, i got just a couple more questions for you, uh, Commissioner Fowler. Sure. Thank you so sure. much for your time. Uh, sure, my but, pleasure. But you were at the lab here in, in Richburg, South Carolina, not too long ago. Was that your first time here? That was my first time. Uh, we had taken a group of legislators to IBHS right before I came over to the department. I've been here for 10 years. And uh, we had, we had the department had taken a group right before I got here up, and we thought, well, we, we cannot let this go anymore. We need to do this again. Uh, so we took a group of legislators. Uh, you mentioned Julie. Julie, Julie was there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, with Alex Carey from IBHS was with us. NAIC was a huge partner in all this and helped us make this make this work so we've gotten great great help from NAIC um, uh, as well and so it has uh, they've been a critical uh, uh, partner in all of this too and and uh, it turned out to be a great program uh, we hopefully will do this on a much more frequent basis um, I'm not sure what that uh, that interval is going to be but we know we're going to shorten that up quite a bit maybe do this every other year or every year or something like that where we can uh, take some legislators up to the research facility and let them see it 
in real life. And I can tell you that every one of those, we took it six Alabama legislators. We were also accompanied by two from Louisiana as well and some of the folks from the Louisiana department because they're creating their own program in Louisiana modeled after Strength in Alabama Homes. So two of their legislators uh, had the opportunity to see it as well. All six of those Alabama legislators that went with us uh, have stopped us uh, since then, have told us how much they got from that, how much they appreciated that. And um, one was a new senator from South Alabama who's an insurance agent. And so he brought a lot of knowledge to the table of the insurance side of this. And uh, they have all talked to us about how much they appreciated that, how much they got from it. And um, uh, we appreciate them being there. So that's, that's invaluable uh, to us as we, uh, as we move forward. And we appreciate IBHS uh, putting that program on for us. It was fascinating to see all that we do. I've been, I've been hearing about it all this time I've been here. This is the first time I had an opportunity to see it live, and uh, I can't wait to get back and do this again. And most important, we had grits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, you, you, I said something about that, and y'all are reminding me about that. Wow, you had grits. You are in South Carolina. You were in North Carolina. You're kind of close to the line there. So you guys just know about grits in the South, and you knew how to serve. We had Louisiana and Alabama at the table. Y'all knew how to take care of us, and we we appreciated what you did for us, and and uh, yeah, yeah, and they were good grits too, by the way. Just <laughs> yes, so they you were. <laughs> but you, but, you, but you, <laughs> make, you make a compelling point here. And, and I just, I'd like for you to talk about this, Commissioner, sure. that other states are looking at Alabama. They're looking at strength in Alabama homes. They're looking at the Fortified program. And they're saying, we want a piece of that. Can you talk about maybe conversations sure. you've had with other insurance commissioners sure. and other leaders across other states about what's been happening in Alabama and how those states can become a part? Sure. Uh, and, and we're really excited about this this part. Of, well, they say the greatest form of flattery is imitation. We've got several states out there that are looking at the Alabama program now and, look, and looking to create a program in their own state. Like I said, I mentioned Louisiana a minute ago. Louisiana. I talked to Commissioner Donlin from Louisiana last week. We were together at an IBHS meeting in Louisville. He said, we are copying this program uh, uh, bit by bit. We're just an absolute straight ripoff. We're going to put it in Louisiana. Uh, we've seen how well it works uh, in Alabama. <laughs> Our program director, Brian Powell, has taken the ball and run with this program like you can't believe. He's been the perfect person to run this for us and has become almost the ambassador for the for fortification in the Alabama program, I think he's been up to IBHS. We're we're worried. I'm going to put a I'm going to put a, a rope on it to make sure he comes back and y'all don't keep him because he's been critical to make this to the success of this program, um, and a great ambassador for it too. And states all over the country are calling him to see what we're doing in Alabama that's, that's working to see how they can do that. And states that you might not expect, not just coastal states with hurricane issues, uh, Connecticut. Uh, has been looking, but you know they have hurricane issues there too. They are a coastal state too. But Minnesota uh, has has been looking, has been talking to Brian and the Strength in Alabama Homes program uh, as well, and several other states that are interested in in those kind of programs. And it's not just wind fortification either. Other states have other perils that they're trying to mitigate against as well, and that we have been working with, not just necessarily implementing a, a copycat. To, strengthen Alabama homes, but their own type granting program for their own perils to do it in their own way by using the same principles that we're using here in the state of Alabama. We've, um, we've actually teamed up on some federal legislation uh, with the state of California 
and um, in North Carolina and Florida and other states that are supportive of all this this kind of program, Louisiana, to um, to work on federal legislation to make sure that when one of our residents receives one of these grants, it's not a taxable event. In Alabama, we're pretty sure it's not because we don't actually make the grant to the to the individual. We credit the grant to them, but we actually pay the contractor after the work's been certified by an IBHS certified uh, inspector. But other states do it differently. And uh, so we've teamed deep red Alabama and deep blue California have been working together on one. They're interested in wildfires and earthquakes and other states are interested in just wildfires. And in Alabama, we, we're, it's all about windstorms. Uh, and so it depends on, so you can take the same principles of mitigation and the fortified program and apply that to other perils as well. And so, uh, so you have earthquakes, uh, you have windstorms, and you have wildfires. And, uh, and the bill that's been introduced in Congress has been lovingly to have the earth, wind, and fire bill. So uh, uh, trying, to, trying to move that through. We almost got it through last year. We hope that uh, in this current Congress, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can get that bill passed. And we'll be working with those states again uh, to get that bill moved through. Uh, and hope, hopefully, we'll, we'll start, that again, start that process back up soon in the current new Congress. Commissioner, you've been so gracious and uh, want to get ready to get you out of here. But I just want you, if you would, to uh, sort of put some context to the 50,000 number. And you've mentioned it a little bit, uh, but 50,000 designations, it's reason to celebrate. It's why uh, our team's been out in Alabama. And as of the time that this will be recorded, we will have just had our 50,000 celebration out in Alabama. Right. But, but put some context to that number, if you would, please, Commissioner Fowler. Well, it, it, is, it is an amazing figure that, um, that when we started all this and started down this path of fortification, started working with Roy Wright and IBHS and, um, and Julie and Smart Home America and all the other groups that we've, we've partnered with uh, on this program and is sort of turned Brian Powell loose to kind of make all this happen here in, in Alabama and brought Lars Powell to Alabama to help to run the research center. Um, it's, it's sort of, I don't know that we ever really envisioned 50,000 homes, certainly not this quick, uh, in Alabama. And we just, we're working hard, working hard. And all of a sudden here we are, and we're looking at each other going, wow, this is an amazing milestone. Can you imagine 50,000 fortified homes? Well, one day we hope very soon it'll be a hundred thousand and then, you know, 500,000, then a million. Imagine how the insurance marketplace will react when we get up like that. And those kind of numbers. This is an incredible milestone that deserves celebration because so much work from uh, from Roy and his team at IBHS, and from Brian and, and Commissioner Ridling's legacy here in Alabama, and the support we've had from our governors uh, here, Governor Ivey uh, and before her uh, Bentley and um, uh, and Riley, and uh, the great work. And Governor Ivey has just been unbelievably supportive of us here in Alabama. And all those things have gone together, and the legislative support we've had for this program has been uh, unbelievable. And so all that has come together in our state uh, and, and nationally with IBHS for this, for this day that we're going to have here very soon. By the time you air this, we will have had it um, uh, in Alabama and celebrating this incredible milestone. It, it's, it's a testament to, uh, to the belief of how good this really works. And... It's a it's a credit to all those who've been involved in the program, not just uh, not just guys like me or Commissioner Redling or Roy Wright at IBHS, but all the folks who work in those organizations, 
the residents and the contractors that are involved in in doing the work and actually putting these roofs on, the guys that hammer the nails into the into the into the decking, and um, who and the researchers have gone together to put these materials together, and the researchers at IBHS who do all the great work they do. This has not been just a program for guys like me or Commissioner Ridley or Roy. It's been it goes all the way down to there, and the thousands and thousands of people who've worked to get to this point. Uh, it's it's tremendous uh, that we that we are here. And it's worth celebrating. And I hope very soon we'll have another celebration when we get to 100,000 and another one when we get to half a million, another one when we get to a million. And I, I hope I'm around to see that. And, uh, and the rate we're going, I'm pretty sure that we'll see that soon. Uh, and uh, so I'm glad of that. So it's, it's, it's something IBHS and the, the state of Alabama and our department and Smart Home America and NAIC and Habitat for Humanity and Protective Life and Protective Program Birmingham, and all the partners and the legislators in, in the um, in the Alabama in the coastal areas of Alabama, the leadership who've supported this program, all the people that have been pulling this wagon, uh, and the governors that have supported, all the people that have been pulling this wagon to get to this point, it's a great time to stop and celebrate uh, some great achievements, and the residents who who have supported the program and have applied for the grants and have gone through the process and the contractors and the inspectors. There's, there's too many people to count that have, have helped us come to this point. So it's a good thing to stop and take a look and, uh, and take a breath and, uh, and take a look at the good work that all these people have come together uh, to do. It's not just been a few, it's been a lot. Indeed it has. Commissioner, is there any... Uh... Any last word from you you'd like to share with our audience here? Well, thank you. Yeah, Armand, thank you for this time. It's been a pleasure uh, talking with you about the Fortified Program and about my beloved Auburn Tigers. I had no idea we were going there uh, today, and uh, uh, we appreciate that and and, uh, and the time that you guys put together. We appreciate so much um, all the partners that have, we all work together on this program. It's been a great experience. And we look forward to great things to come. So thank you for your, your time today. And thank you for asking me to be a part of this. And thank you, Commissioner Fowler and your entire team and so many across the state of Alabama for their belief in the Fortified Program. And the success of the Fortified Program means safer and stronger homes for families. And what's more important than that? There is nothing more important than that at all. And uh, that's what we're doing here. We're, make, we're trying to make lives better and homes safer and families safer. And there's just no, there, there's no better uh, feeling to know that we've accomplished that in a lot of ways. And there's, we, we look for great things to come for the program. Yes, we do. Commissioner Mark Fowler, I want to thank you for joining us here on the Disaster Discussions podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Disaster Discussions podcast an IBHS production. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app or watch the podcast on our website at ibhs.org slash disaster discussions podcast and the Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety YouTube channel. Connect with us on our social media pages on Twitter at IBHS underscore org, Facebook at facebook.com slash IBHS org and on Instagram at IBHS underscore org. For more great content from IBHS, including ongoing research efforts happening at our facility, episodes of our podcast, and more, visit IBHS.org.